Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp. Hope you're ready for the next episode as we continue to dive in to the summer and summer plans. Likely the week that this one comes out, I'm getting to do, Bob, the coolest uh, side assignment I've ever been asked to do as far as a speaking engagement. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not talking spiritual. I mean, although I do pray that there's some spiritual fruit, I'm talking just like selfishly and for personal benefit. I've been asked by Firehouse Subs to speak at their fellowship breakfast, faith and fellowship breakfast at their corporate gathering that happens to be conveniently located in Universal Studios. And so Firehouse Subs, shout out. Love the Italian sub. That's my favorite. What's your favorite Firehouse sub, Bob? I would probably say the Italian too, Jimbo. That's a good Across one. the board, I'm, I'm going to go Italian uh, sub most every place I go. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it really is the best of all subs. And so Firehouse Subs, speaking to Faith and Fellowship Breakfast this week and getting to enjoy Universal Studios with the family Yeah, as we do that. So, man, that's good stuff. That's awesome. Well, I think I will be um, in Florida as well by the time this podcast airs, I believe. I will be at Seaside 30A, which is, I guess, where they film the Truman Show. Okay. Yeah. And- I've debated whether or not I should watch the Truman Show before I go to Seaside. Have you seen the Truman Show? No, I haven't. I've seen clips of it. I, you know, I think I was at a secret church one time and they were always showing clips and they showed some clip of the Truman Show. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Maybe I didn't believe in movies back then. I'm not sure, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to a secret church, but you were independent fundamentalist. I don't know. I was too busy wrangling my teenagers, mowing the yard and you know, survive in secret church, I guess. I don't know. I enjoy the Truman Show. It's I used I used the Truman Show as an illustration in a Ecclesiastes uh, sermon at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Well good, man. As we're enjoying enjoying the Florida sunshine, now that we are stated by the Southern Baptist Convention to be one of the leading national podcasts <laughs> Jeez. on church revitalization or replanting. Man, we want to continue the conversation. We started the conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, about platform and table leadership and the importance of getting those aligned. Uh, go back and listen to that if you haven't. And then last week, we began talking about making sure you make a distinction between the body, the church health, and the organizational health. That Unless you're in a house church, if you're in a modern American church, by modern, I don't mean your worship style, but today and you have a building and you have a budget, then you are in an institutional church. Now, it's not, I'm not saying that is neither a good or bad thing, but neutral. You are in an institutional church and therefore you have the responsibility to steward well the systems and structures that it takes to make an institutional church sustainable. And so we introduced last week that the, we have to make sure when we're talking about the health of the church that we are leading, that the health of the body is one thing and the health of the organization is, is like scaffolding or trellis for the vine. And so the markers for a healthy body is love, unity, and maturity that results in being in biblical community and on mission, that the health of an organization is marked by 
the decentralized leadership, depersonified alignment, and dependable resources. And I may end up rewording those. Would love for your input on a better way to say those three. But you can go into last week's episode to look at that. That essentially that we're not solely on the shoulders of one lead pastor uh, in our leadership, that we have a team, even if that's all lay-led team that we have a depersonified alignment that it's not that the mission vision values and strategy are not just embodied and lived through the pastor and the leadership but through the body itself and then we have dependable resources that we have finances and facilities and personnel and systems and processes and policies that are able to sustain the organization in the direction that it needs to go those are markers of organizational health and if we can figure out and this is what we want to talk about today how do you, the majority of our listeners are solo staff pastors of normative sized churches, right? And how, Bob, how do you as a, you're much better at this than me. How, how do you structure your week so that you do not overemphasize organizational health, but also don't underemphasize it? We make sure we pursue first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let let the Lord lead and guide in those other things, but steward well what we've been given, lead the body towards love, unity, and maturity, but also make sure that our organization is healthy and sustained. I mean, that's that's honestly, it kind of stresses me out. It's a little bit overwhelming <laughs> to think about how, how do we structure our week in such a way that we can actually execute on aligning those things to a sustainable and healthy future for our church. Yeah, man, the, the, many things we were taught in seminary and college, we were not taught how to manage all our responsibilities typically. And we had to try to figure it out. And and that's why just to plug for the summit that's coming up, yeah. the replant summit, got him Jordan Rayner, who you've really really you're you're loving the things that he's putting out he talks about time management organization around spiritual goals and principles so if you haven't signed up for the summit go to replantsummit.com do that you know one of the things i think i ran across and i forget when i ran across this i can't remember it was many years ago but i ran across something called block scheduling and block mm-hmm. scheduling is taking your week and dividing it into blocks and then assigning those blocks tasks and activities that will help you at the end of the week accomplish the things that you had hoped to accomplish. Now, the other part of that is getting a to-do list and keeping a priority list. And I use something called the kill list. And my kill list is something, these are the things I've got to get done. And so I'll do that. And then if I have recurring meetings, then I'll have a, a list for like deacons or elders or team members for the replant team or Clifton or something, you know, and I'll, I'll just put all of the things that come up through the week if I need to have a conversation with somebody, I'll dump it in there and then I'll use it in my my blocks. And so a running list, and this is the way I would approach it. If you're working on, on spiritual health and organizational spiritual health, the first thing I think of is sermon prep, right? And so I've got to have that blocked out in my schedule. And Jimbo, I played around with this a couple of ways in, in the last season of preaching uh, all the time. One of the things I did is I put my sermon prep early in the week rather than later in the week. And the reason I did it early is because I found that if I could get my sermon done by Wednesday and written and scripted and, you know, the general stuff that I wanted to say, and, and I wasn't going to not ever pick it up again. Uh, you know, I picked it up oftentimes on Saturday morning or even Sunday morning, super early, but I had 
devoted time on Monday and Tuesday where I was tired from preaching. I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to, and I'm an extrovert. I didn't want to talk to a lot of people. It was a really good time for me just to get up early in the morning and do my sermon prep and then pray through things for the week and look at all that stuff. Be done by Wednesday. And then by Wednesday afternoon, really, I could really start devoting a lot of time to the organization, right? The communications, the oversight, the financial check-ins, the pastoral care, the thinking through about, you know, what what's happening in our church? What do I need to pay attention to? What What is something that I, I'm not looking at or I need to look at? Or even personal reading, like in developing organizational health reading and all those sorts of things. So basically, just take your week, you divide it into days, you divide your days into chunks and blocks, and then you put tasks in those blocks that you learn from how you're wired up and which days work best for me to devote time and attention towards this type of task, right? So I want to do most of the time, I want to do my creative thinking early in the morning, and I want to do administrative and people and emails and all that stuff later in the day. Depend because of the energy level that that I have, and because of the you know just the way I operate, right? So some people want to do it all at the end of the week, and because I had family and wanted to do stuff with my family, I decided not to do sermon stuff at the end of the week because my sermon would always crowd out family time. So I think I would commun- just communicate to the guys, man, find a schedule, a block schedule, and divide up your time in ways that work for you according to your energy levels, according to the demands that you have placed upon you. And we're, and we are talking to some guys here probably who are bivocational. They've got a couple of other things that are doing on the side. So they may not have as much flexibility, but man, think about what works for you and then find ways to schedule a week accordingly and make sure those blocks include spiritual things, spiritual health, working on the spiritual health of the organization, which includes preaching. And then also organizational health, which includes a lot of the things that you've mentioned and look at your personal meeting times as scheduled moments. And typically I like to do those over lunches or late, late afternoon, like, you know, coffees or, you know, teas or whatever, just to have conversations with people about their life and about the organization and and those things. And when I, when I was really leaning into my block schedule while pastoring the replant, I found it to be helpful and effective for, for handling both of those responsibilities. Yeah, Lifeway put out a study earlier this year. They asked pastors to narrow down to their single greatest need in their personal lives. And pastors say that time management and balance between work and home were the the two biggest, I mean, biggest deals. And man, I can attest to that. And it's one of the reasons I really love some of the stuff that Jordan Rayner has put out is struggling with time management and task management. As like we were talking about myself, I started looking for ways and resources that could help me in that. And, And I'll tell you, bar none, the best resource I've found on that for believers especially is Jordan Rayner's book, Redeeming Your Time. And mm-hmm. it, it, I'll also say this, Redeeming Your Time is not a book that you can just read and then implement like immediately. I mean, it's, it's, this is high level, this is hard work to get. Yeah. I'm still refining so much of what I read out of that. And I mean, that was a good plug, Bob. I forgot. <laughs> Replantsummit.com. We've got Jordan coming just, and that's why we have him coming. Yeah. Because so many pastors struggle with time management and we live in the tyranny of the urgent. And Jordan speaks to all this so well in his book, Redeeming Your Time. So I mean, I cannot recommend enough boot campers. Get that book. 
redeeming your time, start working. Here's what I've told guys. Read the whole book as fast as you can. Just skim through it even. Just because you kind of want the whole picture. Then go back in one chapter at a time, start working on implementing some of the stuff that he puts in. Don't give up on chapter two. Chapter two is is where Jordan Rayner really gets into the weeds on time and task management specifically. And it gets really clinical almost, but work through it because man, it's helped me be so much more productive and to be at ease and at peace in my mind. And so I think you're right as we, but as we do time and task management and we're talking about spiritual health and organizational health, I think it is important to put the spiritual pieces first. Again, the Matthew 6, 33, pursue mm-hmm. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in that, it's not just first. And I think this also needs to be clarified when the Lord tells us to pursue first the kingdom of God as righteousness, it is not first just sequentially. I think it is first as in preeminence. Mm-hmm. It's not so it's not let me get the spiritual stuff done so I can set that aside and then get to the organizational pieces. Let me do my five minute devotional so that I can get to what I've got to do. It, it's first in preeminence that first is in as we also are doing organizational leadership task and and management that we're doing that as as an overflow of our spiritual walk and depth that has to inform what we're doing in that and listen if pastors especially if you're solo staff even more so if you're bivocational you have to figure out how to schedule your time uh, and your task and prioritize and and know what's important and focus on what's important. You have a finite amount of time. And and so there are ways to do that. I recommend Jordan Rayner redeeming your time. If you don't like that, that's fine. We can point you to some other ideas as, as well. And even Jordan, even Jordan Rayner in his book would say, I'm going to give you ways to do this, but if they don't work for you, that's fine. You need to do something. There needs to be some way that you manage it for no other reason so that you can be a person of integrity and so that your yes can be yes and your no can be no. If you don't manage well your schedule, then you will drop the ball. And your yes will not be yes, and your no will not be no. And you will become someone that people cannot depend on because they think, yeah, he says yes, but then he never follows through because you're not managing your time and your task well. Yeah. One one book that really was extremely helpful for me was an older book by Daniel Harkavy. It was called Becoming a Coaching Leader. And it talked about developing yourself in order to be able to develop others and build a team. And in particular, you know, we've talked about the power that, that uh, happens behind a decentralized team. Mm-hmm. In other words, you've laid the foundation, you've given them the resources, you've discerned their spiritual maturity. They're in alignment with you. And then how do you develop them, right, to be a, a part of your, your leadership team? One of the things I found, Jimbo, and you may have found this too, but when I was meeting with younger guys, I would ask the question, well, how are you spending your time? And most of them couldn't account for it. And then they would also say, well, you know, sometimes I just feel like I get to the end of the day and I've taken care of all of the urgent things, but I'm not taking care of the important things. And this was a book that was extremely helpful for me in in having conversations, discipling conversations with guys who were on the teams that I led. 
right? And so if they were struggling, they were trying to figure out how, how am I managing my work and my family? And how do I not get at the end of the week and go, I feel like I've done a really bad job at all of it, right? So that book helped me coach them. And so if you're looking at coaching somebody in developing leaders, I would recommend Harkavy's book. And I'll put we'll put links to the Rainer book and the Harkavy book in our show notes. But I remember having a conversation with with a guy that I was was working with me at the replant. And he was the administrator. Maybe he was just struggling in so many different areas of his life. And I introduced him to the block schedule, right? And just basically said, man, fill this out. So for like a month or more, I just gave him a, a template sheet and just said, let me know what you're doing. Just let's track your time first, right? Let's see where, and that's what Harkavy says, man. Like just good t- track your time, see what you're doing, right? How much time are you looking at Twitter? How much time are you playing video games? How many, you know, how long does it take you to cook supper or whatever? You know, all those sorts of things. So examine your time, track your time. And then from that point of awareness, you'll be able to understand now, how do I schedule my time? And how do I bring it into alignment with all the things that I'm called to do? Right. So this is I love what you say about don't expect to apply this immediately. Right. I would say, Jimbo, three, three to four months, you're probably going to be working on this kind of stuff, maybe just to look, just to understand how you you spend your time. And then one of the things I also hear guys when they first go to a replant, one of the things they talk about is how long sermon prep takes for them. Right. Just takes them 20 hours, 40 hours. Right. Well, guys, you just don't have enough time in your week to devote 20 plus hours to sermon prep. So uh, we've mentioned this book before, I think, but um, there's a book by Ryan Hughley called Eight Hours or Less, How to Preach Faithful Biblical Sermons and and, and How to Do Preparation. I, and I think that was my goal as I began to get towards laying, like, how can I get a, a good sermon done in eight hours or less, right? Because I don't have the whole staff that can handle everything. I'm doing a lot of things myself, but I do have eight hours and I can be faithful to the text and I can also communicate in a way that that is helpful and challenging and faithful to, to the, the biblical text. So those are a couple of suggestions that I would say. And then when, as you're experimenting with these things, man, give yourself some grace, like life events are going to happen and disrupt your block schedule and, and you're going to get off schedule. So I think you, you've got to give yourself some grace as you're you're learning how to do this. But then what I think is the the benefit of putting three or four months in examining your time, scheduling your time, budgeting your time, you're going to, you're going to naturally do this as a, as a personal discipline that that'll just come naturally to you. Right. And because you've built it in, you've trained yourself to do it. And then I think the fruit of it will be awesome. The blessing and the joy that comes from being able to to preach good sermons, take care of people spiritually, do some discipleship, do some organizational health work. I think all of those things lead to great, great joy in ministry and you'll be able to enjoy your ministry, enjoy your family. Yeah. So, man, this is this is all so good. And again, I feel like we are introducing concepts here or discussing talk concepts here that are, man, just a lot. And they're going to take a lot of work, but it's kind of like, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul talks about, he, he runs not uh, with uncertainty, not like a shadow boxer. He doesn't discipline himself like a shadow boxer as if as if this doesn't matter. And pastor, what you're doing has eternal significance. And if, what we're talking about is not easy. It is not easy. 
And so you've got to figure out how to manage your time. I would encourage you to get an outside coach, somebody maybe from your association or state convention or from another church that has talk to talk to the executive pastor at a larger church that, that you respect and ask them to coach you on time management and task management. And look, this is not so that you can get so rigid so there's no room for the Holy Spirit. This is so that you aren't so scatterbrained that you can't do something when the Holy Spirit calls you to. Mm-hmm. Look, I hate being boxed in. I hate being, it's just my personality. I do not like being boxed in and having having strict, hard rules. But I have found, I've found a freedom in going, hey, I know, I know what I'm responsible for. I know I've got, and I feel like it actually makes room for the Holy Spirit in my life when I put things in the right place. And so figure out, not everything has to be a weekly rhythm. Some things can be built in monthly, quarterly, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and figure out figure out where those things need to be built in. Maybe maybe if you're a bivocational solo staff, you could build in quarterly time with your leadership team, right? Or monthly time, where you because you can't you probably can't pull off weekly, but you figure out. I wouldn't go more than quarterly without it, right? But figure out what you can do. But here's the other thing. Another priority you've got to block time for is for you to be discipling someone. You have to you you can't just figure out when there's leftover time to to disciple people. If you want to be the pastor of a church that makes disciples, that makes disciples, that makes the community noticeably better, you have to live that out. It has to be a priority. And so you got to figure out who are you discipling? How are you discipling them? How are you building that in to your schedule? It cannot be haphazard. Figure out, discipline yourself, not as a shadow boxer. This is not as if this has no significance. What you are doing is of ultimate importance. And so evaluate your time, get it, get it, get an outside coach. If that outside coach is just reading a book like Jordan Rayner, if that's all you can do, and there's audiobook, you can listen to it. If that's as far as you can go for outside help, then then go that far. If you can reach out to your local association, state convention, or another church or pastor or leader, or maybe a business person in your church that's really good at this, that they could disciple you in this, that they could help you grow in this area, seek counsel. See, don't don't try to figure this out all by yourself. If you're if you're not naturally good at managing your time and tasks you're probably not going to reinvent the wheel and figure out how to do it by yourself. (laughs) Get some outside help as much as you can and work on a system that, that works for you, that you are able to schedule your time and manage your time and your tasks. Cause the other piece of this, and I I just want to put this out. I know we're running out of time, but one of the arguments that Jordan Rayner makes that I love is the brain science of when we don't manage our task intentionally and put them down on paper or digitally, then what happens is our brain actually goes through a process of trying to hold on to those things so that we don't forget them. And man, that it actually it, it, it makes you not as good at everything else because it's, it's like you're trying to juggle while talking to somebody and, and you may be able to function, but you're not able to really be present. And I even with that, I even think about what you were talking about doing your sermon early in the week, man, for me, that sermon kind of sits on my shoulder mm-hmm. and whispers in my ear all week. Yeah, you're not, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. And it makes it really hard for me to actually be present mm-hmm. when I'm somewhere. And so that's one of the things I love about Jordan Rainer's book is it's not just about productivity, but it's about being present. 
And you do this so that you can be present. So in that LifeWay research, the number one thing that came out was time management. The number two thing was work work family balance. And part of that is it's really hard to be present at home when you're a pastor. And one of the best things you can do to help you with that is figure out how to manage a, what is your what is your system that works for you to manage your time and your tasks, to block out, to schedule out so that you know the priorities are where they need to be. All right, replantsummit.com, sign up, come see us in August. Jordan Rayner will be there as well as several others. We've got people there to equip you so that you can replenish and reset and, and get back on mission. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.